0: everyone, Jason Vest from the After Ed Podcast here. My guest today on the show is Jen Molitor. Um, I did this episode a while back, but I think that it will end up being a good thing, and here's why. Jen's story is for everyone, but especially teachers getting ready to start a new school year, or if you've already started. She talks about taking care of yourself staying away from and not being toxic at school, and the lessons she learned from leaving one of the best schools in Ohio because of lack of innovation. This is a good one, everyone. Tune in. Today with me, I have Jen Molitor. Jen, thank you for being on the show.
1: Hi, it's great to be here. Thank you.
0: Alright, so um, when I did this, uh, the first few episodes, I really tried to get a resume going and list off everyone's accomplishments and accolades and roles, um, but um, as I grow uh, and get get into this a little more, um, I sometimes uh, realize that people uh, like introducing themselves, focusing on what they're doing now, so uh, for everyone listening, um, could you just introduce yourself and um, you know tell us tell us what you're into these days.
1: Yeah, I guess the the biggest accomplishment is just that I'm a teacher and I've stuck with it for seventeen years now. And um, I think in this day and age we get to a point where we get super burned out and think about whether this is the right career for us. Is there something else we should be doing? The overwhelm hits and um, I was I was to a point just six or seven years into teaching when I I thought, this is not for me. This is not what I signed up for. Um, I loved teaching, but at that moment, I wasn't loving it anymore. And so I think my biggest accomplishment is just figuring out a way to stay in education. And now I, I'm i just on this mission to help teachers figure it out and love their kids and love their jobs. So yeah, that's, that's kind of the gist. Um, I'm speaking, uh, love that, I'm offering professional development, and I feel like my career has just kind of lent itself to lots of personal growth that's helped me become a better teacher. So, in a nutshell.
0: That's really great. Um, I know that we've, we've talked a, a couple times about um, some things that you're doing, and, and we'll definitely get into those more. Um One of the things that we really focus on on the show is talking about um, innovation and, you know, being in education um, for 17 years like you, you hear buzzwords uh, come and go. So really, I'm just interested, at its core, what does innovation mean to you?
1: It's taking that step forward to do something out of the status quo, to do something beyond the normal everyday thing. And, and I feel like it can be done personally. We can be a- innovative in how we carry on with our life and take a big leap, even if it's scary, even if it might not be the right decision. It's just, it's a step forward. It's progress. So that's what I'm, that's what I feel like innovation is. Well,
0: that's great. Stepping forward, making progress. Um, I think... It's important for people to understand too, that uh, you should focus on that progress piece and not necessarily uh, ideals. Uh, I forget where I saw the quote uh, or who said it even, but um, you know when we get focused on where you know the, the perfect classroom, the perfect school, perfect system, whatever, um, sometimes we can feel a little let down by that, but if you look at your progress uh, personally and for your students and your building, um, that's kind of the more accurate measure uh, to really see how innovation is taking hold.
1: Yes, are we growing? Are we making those those leaps forward? Are we hanging back in our comfort zone? It's you know.
0: So, uh, and this, this next hypothetical example um, will possibly um, hit home for you, but uh, so here it is. We have an educator that works in a school that's, you know, really great by the measures, has great test scores, relatively no behavior issues, endless resources. Um, in your opinion, does a school like this need innovation? Why or why not?
1: I think it's always better. It's always it's always important to want to be better. You know, I, I think there was a time when I thought, I'm a really good teacher. Why do they keep adding on all these things for us to do and, and learn and, and more professional development and more regulations and stipulations and paperwork for us to keep proving that we are good? Though I was in a different place, and now I, I think that we just personally I want to be a better person every day you know at the end of the day it's like how how did I grow today and as a teacher at the end of every school day how did I let my kids grow today and how did I grow today as a teacher because we can always 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 be better I remember when I was riding horses and um My instructor said, you know, she was amazing, and she could have ridden on the Olympic team um, for equestrians, and I, I kept saying, you know, you pretty much know everything, like, you've got it, right? Like, you could totally go to the Olympics, and she goes, Jen, you can always be better, always, and she goes, I just keep striving for, how can I be that best version of myself? And so I think it's important for schools to do that, too. If we keep doing what's good, and we're being effective, um... We're kind of staying in the in the status quo for ourselves. Are we really stretching ourselves and stretching kids? So, what do you think
0: of that? Oh, I think that's great, and you know, I, like I mentioned to you when when we spoke before, um, I hear uh, I'm lucky to be right in the sweet spot of really innovating and doing some cool things, uh, both in my classroom and um, with the school as a whole. Um, but I do see both sides of the coin. I see the the school that um, you know, has perfect test scores and does really well. And I hear, you know, why why the status quo doesn't need to be changed there. Uh, and then I hear, on the other end, I hear schools that don't perform well uh, on test scores. They have behavior issues. Uh, and then I hear people say that, uh, you know, we we don't have time to be innovative for all of the mandates, um, you know, regulations, what have you. Um but you know I just I know from first hand being in in the the latter environment that um you just have to make the effort and take the risk um because the kids will be into it, the teachers will be into it um and quite frankly, what we've been doing um to try to meet the needs of those kids and our teachers it it doesn't work, so we have to be innovative
1: and I think in this rapidly changing world we have to be on our game and what's working right now in six months might be dated a little bit and our, our kids might need something else I do my best work when I'm inspired and yeah I was in a district that was crazy awesome great test scores great community just tremendous resources and I was in a, I had a great position and there was still a piece of me that wasn't right I mean I was kind of looking for other jobs And I thought, what the heck? What like this is awesome. Like the pay was good, and it was—it's just amazing. Well, the thing that was missing is the the inspiration. Like I needed something to to grow, and at that point, everything was just good, though I wasn't able to grow, and I felt stifled. So I I believe that there's—we've got to keep pushing ourselves in a way that we can manage. You know, there are some teachers going through maybe a divorce or the loss of a loved one or something that's traumatic at home, and. I think with those teachers, just like in our classroom, we are a little gentle, you know, more gentle with, and everybody needs something different. That's kind of the whole differentiation piece, and we need to do that with teachers too. Though so if, if everyone should be able to be inspired. Everyone should have the opportunity to grow and learn and be a better version of themselves at the end of the day.
0: I love that, and that's a good segue to the next question topic that I have. Um, you, you mentioned earlier that uh, you talked about personally shifting your perspective from kind of this idea of everything happens to me to how can i rise above my circumstances and you really alluded to some conversations that um just teachers in general typically have in the building where we are kind of problem oriented as opposed to solution oriented and you clearly just decided that hey you know uh, i'm going to I'm going to approach my thinking uh, in an innovative way. I'm, I'm going to be part of the solution. Uh, and I'm curious, how did you get to that kind of um, innovative thinking? And perhaps more importantly, how can others get there?
1: So, you know, for me it was a journey. And I had wanted to be a teacher forever since I was eight. And then I'm in the trenches. I'm teaching and, and thinking I did not sign up for all of this. You know the the parent emails and the demands and testing and the grading and meetings and it just felt way too much. And I, I just wanted to teach. So in the teachers' lounge, you know, teachers are like, or right, can you believe they scheduled this meeting? Now we've got a fire drill during plan time. And then this par- this crazy parent keeps emailing me, and it's like, oh, you just kind of get sucked in and. And you almost feel validated, like oh my gosh, you guys totally get it. Yeah, this does suck. And then we, you know, talk about the administrators and how they don't value us. And it just, oh, it just it pulls you down. It doesn't. It doesn't lift you up. It doesn't inspire you. And in the in the middle of it, it kind of felt good. I thought, you know, because oh my gosh, the, you know, these teachers they get me. We're kind of united. We we have this, but we're united in this negativity and this. Ugh. So I, I took a years' leave from teaching after I had my first child and. I got certified in nutritional therapy, um, and that was going to be my out (laughs) to get out of teaching. I was going to open up a nutrition practice. So I did, and I was building my nutrition practice and and teaching part-time in a job-share situation, and it kind of came to a head where I had to leave teaching and really dedicate to nutrition or stay in teaching, and I couldn't leave. Like, my foot was still in the door, and I there's something that just had me staying. And what I realized in working with my nutrition clients is that people came to me to you know to talk about food and change their diet though often we would chat and we wouldn't talk about diet we would talk about relationships and work and just other things that were going on and as i learned to coach people and help them work on different habits and changing their lifestyle i realized that we are we are in charge of of us and our path and it was, it was more about empowering others and so when i was teaching other people how to feel empowered and to take charge of their lives um, kind of comes down to loving yourself and taking care of yourself and really making decisions from a grounded place. I thought, you know what, I I love teaching people and I would love to teach teachers how to, to embrace their job and position and how to Figure this out. Like, how can we still be teachers, even with maybe we're getting low pay or we're not feeling valued or the class size is tremendous? You know, all these different things that keep happening to us. If we can think, you know, we chose this career, like, I am choosing to be where I am. I don't have to be in this district if, if there's the change that I need. Like, for sure, I can go find something um, that might suit me better. So I just decided I choose to be empowered, I choose to empower others. And instead of feeling like a victim, like, I can, I can choose to feel like a victim, like, this stuff keeps happening to me. Like, of course they're going to put five more kids in my class, and now I'm at 30, and I have second grades. Like, that, that would be crazy. Um, or we're, we're on a pay freeze, and this just keeps happening to me. Instead, I, I'm in charge of me in my life, so how can I rise above that? How can I make decisions that are going to help me feel empowered? So if this is what my pay is going to look like, is there something else I can do to supplement that? Or should I look for another job in a different district? So really embracing where I am and finding the parts that I love about this. As teachers, we love to make an impact with kids. You know, if we can learn a new strategy that we're like, oh my gosh, <laughs> we can make a bigger impact with kids, it lights us up. And so it's getting in touch with what lights our soul on fire? Like, why Why are we teachers? What do we love about that? How can we tap into our own strength and creativity to really love this job and let that emanate from us instead of all that negativity and being pulled into that? So in that, I mean, I choose not to eat lunch in the workroom. Um, I've switched districts. That was, like, one of the best decisions I've made um, because I can crazy be creative. I'm doing all sorts of fun things, and... Um, and I'm, I'm just choosing. We still, like, we didn't have a levy that passed twice now in a row. And, and so morale is kind of low, though I keep plugging along with, okay, how can we change that? How can we go out to the community and, and let them see what we're doing with kids? So it's kind of a long story, but, yeah, I, I feel like we have a choice. My goal is to just empower teachers to, to make that decision. You're not the victim. Like, things aren't happening to us. You know, We're here. How are we going to navigate all the stuff that's going on, just like we want our kids to navigate the stuff that's going on in their lives.
0: No, I love it, and hearing you talk about, you know, how creativity and self awareness, and, and thus empowerment, all are tied together. That really ended up being the core of what I tried to do with uh, my innovation class this year. Um, and so, what I one of the things that I told them all the time, and really colleagues or anybody that's interested. Um, that really go hand in hand with with making a shift like this is that essentially some people are going to love what you do. Some are going to doubt your abilities and hate on you for trying to change those things um, that have always been around. So I am curious um, because yes, we're, we're empowered, you know, we're, we're doing all of these great things, but you still have your haters. You still have your doubters. So, um, what do you hear? What What do your haters and doubters say to you?
1: Why are you so positive all the time? Why are you so happy? Like, <laughs> um, I I did a two day professional development in my district, um, and this is my this will be going into my third year in this district. And so, coming in, it's a smaller school, and um, no one. Everyone just kind of looks at you skeptically, skeptically, like "Who the heck are you? You know, what are you? You know, what are you going to do here? Are you even going to last?" And so, the first year I was here, I, I was supposed to be supporting teachers. I'm a gifted intervention specialist, and so supporting teachers in the classroom, helping them challenge students, pulling kids out occasionally. And I thought, how can I build relationships so that they trust me? Because who the heck am I? Like, it doesn't matter what's on my resume, but who am I, and can they trust me? And so, I I offered to do a mindset lesson in their classrooms, like every single classroom, kindergarten to fifth grade, and like let me come in and, and teach and mess up and be real and like I'm not a perfect teacher, just let me come in so that you can see I'm not coming in to judge you or criticize you, I just want to support you. And so I did that and I got a lot of um, great feedback from that, um, the superintendent even popped in like what are you doing
0: <laughs> um, and
1: got lots of great feedback from him um, and, I, and so I started g- gaining ground. though. So, it hasn't, it hasn't all been a cakewalk. You know, I, I feel like I constantly have to be really authentic and true to who I am. Um, and know that in my core, I know I'm doing the best I can and I'm doing, I want to make a difference and I am, you know, working hard every day to make sure the actions I take are very trustworthy and of integrity so that, I'm building those relationships, and I think the relationship part is huge. When I did, the, did this two-day workshop, some of the teachers came up to me and said, Jen, this was really great. Thank you. You know, thank you for being real. Um, thank you for building a relationship with us. And I was like, oh my gosh, you're so welcome. Um, and I, so I think I, I'm definitely real, and I'm always looking for solutions. So when a teacher comes to me and says, oh, I got this in my evaluation, or oh, no, how are we supposed to fit this in? I say, okay. How can we let's let's problem solve this and figure it out? I still have I, I haven't won everyone over, and that's that's real life. You're not going to, and that's okay. And it's the being okay with that part because I'm a pleaser, and I want I want everyone to love me, but it's just it's not possible, and that's totally okay. So if I can be really grounded in the fact that I'm I'm doing what's, it with integrity and what I what I know and what I love to do and teach and make a difference, and if I can be okay with that. And that's, that's what matters. And so another strategy I think is when, when someone does that and it kind of sets us off, like, oh my gosh, and we start doubting and questioning and what can we, how can we respond? It's more of taking that in a little bit and figuring out what, what in us can we resolve so that that doesn't bother us? What does that trigger in us that makes us Uh, Get resentful or spiteful or angry or upset or sad or doubtful. What what is that? And sit with it for a little bit. It's kind of the kind of being mindful of it, the awareness piece, and sitting with it and figuring out. Okay, oh gosh, this reminds me of a time. You know, back when I was in high school and this happened. So just kind of sitting with it, being really aware of what it triggers in us, and then just kind of letting those sitting with those feelings for a little bit. Almost like a little kid and he fell down and scraped his knee, and we just need to be with him. Like we can't heal that knee and. But just us sitting next to him, calming him down, patting him on the back, giving him a aid just letting him be and knowing that it does hurt a little bit, that's kind of what we need to do with ourselves during those times. And it, it doesn't mean we're going to flip those people and all of a sudden they're going to love us and give us a hug, but it can resolve it in us so that it doesn't trigger us as much. Does that make sense?
0: It does, and that's, that's great advice. Um, and I'm, I'm really glad to hear you mention um, kind of how people's Actions or, or words um, affect us and really just taking a moment and figuring out why we get the reaction um, and the response within ourselves that we do. Um, and and I feel like, uh, at least me personally, uh, sometimes I, I don't do that. I, I know that what I'm doing benefits the kids and I get a uh, Certain response that's that's not so welcoming from another teacher or another person in the district, um, and and sometimes I get defensive, and and I need to do a better job of thinking, um, you know, why why does that person view what we're doing uh, that's clearly benefiting kids the way that they do, uh, and and so I think that's that's just great advice across the board. And so
1: something else when you think of that person who is doubting you or saying, you know, whatever you're doing is ridiculous or something, you want to keep in mind too, that other person, we hear the words and then we feel it and we just get stuck in these feelings as opposed to kind of looking at that person and seeing them as a person. And then what, what is it that's making them upset with what I'm doing? Like I know in my heart, what I'm doing is good. What's going on there in their life. And so if we think about it, they're, they're upset maybe because they're feeling challenged because they're not pushing themselves to grow. Maybe they're feeling inadequate. Maybe they think you're trying to show them up. You know, maybe they feel like you're you're not being trustworthy. Maybe they think you're trying to get some other position in the district and you're just doing this to impress someone. Who knows? So whatever they've got going on is just a time for us to kind of sit back and and not, not engage in this, this is good and no, this isn't that kind of battle, but more just kind of view them as a person, and that they've got some hurt somewhere that they're going through that they can, that that comes out as this kind of spiteful stuff, and so they need love. Actually, they need some kind of caring and some kind of support from us in a way that's not challenging, in a way that's not pushy um, or trying to change them. It's just this unconditional love for. For people, and it's hard to do all the time. Um, But just knowing that there's there's something going on there, and what could we do to support them? And at the end of the day, it's up to them. You know, they can be stuck in their feelings and that kind of thing. Though, if we can kind of be gentle on our side and say, you know, gosh, you know, I I do hear what you're saying, and um, here here's what I'm doing to you know, I'm not sure what kind of conversations are happening with your peoples, but you know, just I hear you, and I see you, and, you know, if you, l- I'd love to sit down over coffee with you and just chat about it if you want. I'd love to come in your class and show you something like this. Would you be interested in that? Something that's just so open and letting our guards down so we don't get, you know, head-to-head with, well, I know this is good. What's her problem? <laughs> that kind right. <headed> of thing?
0: Right. <sighs> all right, so another thing that I hear all the time is that, um, you know, the future of education is going to be, you know, fill in the blank. And, and a lot of people say a lot of different things about that, me being one of them. But, you know, the ultimate reality is that no one really knows what um, the future of education is going to look like. And, and thus, you know, what exactly we should be doing as educators today um, to get both students and ourselves ready for that future. Um, we know that it's coming rapidly. We know that it's going to be different. Um, and we have to assume that people want to be prepared for that. So just in in your opinion, um, it's summer vacation for most uh, teachers right now. So what could adults do today slash you know, the rest of the summer to prepare? to get our kids ready for this new future?
1: So what could they do just this summer?
0: Yeah, just, just kind of a- like, okay, I know that I need to do something about the future. I know that things are going to be different. So what can I do personally right now to kind of start that journey?
1: Oh, so it's a loaded question. Okay. So one thing, I think it's kind of like my teaching mantra, is that kids should be thinking. Whatever, whatever it is, whatever subject you're doing, all kids deserve the opportunity to think. And so we could find some really cute activity in their sorting, and it's really great, and it's hands-on. Though at the end of the day, did they get to think? It could have been cute. It could have been fun. It could have been aging. Though we need to have kids thinking, problem-solving, figuring things out. So when I think about preparing kids for the future, I want kids who can think Um and so helping teachers differentiate, we get to really working on our questioning. One of the best ways, I feel like, to tap into kids and getting them thinking is how we pose questions to get them thinking. And I think <clears throat> some of my favorite are, well, how could we? What would that look like? So um, project-based learning is a great way to, to get kids engaged in something authentic that they can actually change and have it have a have a hand in moving something forward and, and having a solution. So I think that. And then I think just personally as people just really reflecting on how are we we growing and being really great humans because I want to model that for my kids. I want compassionate kids who can communicate well and when you know kids are dealing with not eating breakfast at home or fighting parents or their dog ran away or they've got this eye problem that they have to go to the doctor frequently and they come in and we want to pour this knowledge in, we also need to take into consideration what's going on with them and just making sure that we're we're helping them grow, helping them navigate all that those things. One question I like to ask kids at the beginning of the day, I, I work with fourth and fifth graders in a pull up program where I have them a, one full day, once a week. And I have these things called openers, and they're just warm-up questions. And one of them is, what are you bringing with you today? And the kids will write down, and it's not backpack, pencil, that kind of thing. But yeah. it's, what's the stuff that you're bringing with you that I can't see? And the kids have really grown to love those questions, um, because, and it gives me a little insight into what, what's going on with them, so I can be maybe a little softer, we can have a little chat about something before we dive into the academics. So I think that there's a the whole piece about really remembering that we, we work with humans, not just curriculum, not just tests, but we teach humans, and making sure that we we're offering those humans a, a plenty of um, opportunities for them to think and grow, and loving them the whole time.
0: Love it. All right, Jen, those were the easy questions. Now I'm hitting you with 10 rapid-fire questions. Uh, okay. The goal is to try to answer as quickly as possible. Uh, are you ready? Uh-huh. All right. First question. Coffee, tea, or water? Water. Morning person or night owl? Night. If you ever relax, would you want to do it by the fire or by the beach? Beach. Favorite song right now? Shake It Off. All right. Best concert you've ever been to?
1: long time ago. Um, Kenny Chesney.
0: That's one of my favorites. Um, all right, three people you'd like to have dinner with.
1: Hmm. See, so that one's not so rapid for me. Huh. I think someone in the Ohio, gov- uh, the Ohio government on the educational division, maybe the superintendent of education in Ohio, um, so, I, I teach in Ohio, and I want to make some changes. Um, that'd be one. And I don't know, there's um, a teacher in Florida who is retired, and I've been kind of hooked up with her word of mouth that someone connected us. But she did, uh, she taught high school, and she had a couple different Bells of High School classes, and it was all language arts. And she had to do honors language arts, and then there was like a remedial. And she used the same syllabus and the same materials for her honors as she did all the other classes and had the same expectations for all her kids and at the end of the year they all met those expectations I would love to sit down and have dinner with her <laughs> and pick her brain about that.
0: Yeah, that's great
1: and um, there's so many great educational gurus that it would be amazing to sit and pick their brains a little bit um one i've just recently i don't know pat quinn i don't know if you know him
0: i don't know pat quinn he's, he's
1: kinda indicated. yeah he'd be a good to put on your radar and see if you could interview him he's big into speaking and getting on educational stages he does professional development has a whole series for teachers but he's really he's really got some great philosophies and thinking about education it would be awesome to sit down with him for an hour there's right.
0: my three that yes, we not same. so rapid. That's yes, all right. So you have all three of these educators. Um, where would you take them to eat in Ohio? Bite.
1: Bite Restaurant in
0: Milford. Nice. If anyone lives in
1: Cincinnati.
0: Yeah. All right. Um, so kind of in the same realm, um, best speaker that you've ever heard?
1: There was a speaker, and I, I don't remember her name, that she came on opening day for our school district last year. And she was really moving. She was authentic, told real stories. She's been a teacher. And it was all, it was kind of that whole thing about your mindset and really embracing your education um, and your career. And at the end of the talk, I came up and gave her a hug. <laughs> so I don't remember who she was, but she was really moving. And I don't think anyone else gave her a hug.
0: <laughs> all right. Uh, miss, mystery... Um... Person out there, if you hear this, you got to get in touch, and we'll we'll have a conversation too. All right. So my kids just um, they just finished up their last week um, about a week ago. Um, So they're going to start high school uh, first week of September. What advice do you have for a kid getting ready to journey into high school? Sure.
1: I would say trust your gut. Like, really get in touch with that place that, in your body that lets you know when something's not right, and trust that place. With friends, with academics, with your choices after school, I would say trust that. Trust that piece of you. That's
0: great advice. Okay, um, Jen, I know how uh, we connected, but for people listening right now, um, where can they find you and your work?
1: you can always reach out to me at liftupleaders at gmail.com. That's my email. I love connecting, just like you. I love connecting with educators who want to make a bigger impact and are always looking to grow and be innovative. Um, I have a Lift Up Leaders Facebook group where I just kind of periodically dump some of my fun stories and little teaching tips in there. And then liftupleaders.com. That's my website. I think right now I have a mindset video up there that they can grab if they'd like. It's about 45 minutes where I'm just kind of teaching my my fun little things about changing mindset. So, yeah.
0: All right. Jen Molitor, thanks for being on the show today.
1: Thank you. So appreciate your time.
0: Hey, everybody. What's up? Jason Vest here from the AfterEd podcast. Look, we are growing. We are having amazing guests on, but we need you to subscribe. We need you to refer guests for the show. We need you to go and leave reviews only to help us get better and spread our message. If you love what you hear with the podcast, head on over to Twitter at MrVestRVA. Instagram is the same name. Give me a shout out there as well. Also, if you want to check out what my students are doing from this innovation class that I always reference, check them out on the various social platforms at innovate HC. That's the number eight. Innovate HC. Thank you guys. Enjoy your day.